Hey everyone, my name is Megan and welcome to the first episode of the What's Your Why podcast. Today's episode is one I recorded with Trina Cleary, who is one of the strongest, most resilient and determined people out there. During this episode, we hear how these traits and so many more spark up in Trina's life. We'll also get an insight into some of the things that Trina's most passionate about and what her journey of being a mother has been like and her experience since being diagnosed with incurable cancer, as well as hearing some of the lessons and the tips that Trina's picked up along the way. And if you're impacted by anything in today's episode, you can always check out the supports highlight we have over on our Instagram. Thanks again for listening. I'm going to pass over to Trina now, who's going to introduce herself. Um, well, I'm Trina. Um, I'm from Wexford. And I have a son who's 14, almost 15. Um, I suppose my Instagram was kind of born about eight years ago. Um, and it was all about fitness and stuff like that. And more recently then, about three years ago, I think it was, um, it turned into a blog. Um, and it's not like the usual, like, you know, makeup and hair and fashion. It's actually more about health um, because I had just turned 34 and I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, and I very quickly decided that I wasn't going to let it just kind of consume me and take over and just hide under, under a rock while I went through it. I wanted to try and share my experience to try and help other people. Um, because myself and my family learned very quickly that like we didn't know anything. Like we just went in blind and you know, it would have been so nice to have known someone who had gone through it firsthand, whereas I was that person for my whole family and all of my friend circle. Um, so, like I said, quite quickly, I learned that I can actually write better than I can speak a lot of the time. <laughs> so, yeah, my blog was born and I just started literally anything that I went through, good, bad, ugly, everything was posted. And it just kind of went from there then, um, you know, people could read and relate and they were really grateful that they could kind of nearly plan for their own journey um, just, and it removed the fear of the unknown for them as well. Um, so that's where kind of my, my journey began, I suppose, um, just going through all of that. I got through everything, you know, came out the other side, I had, you know, radiation, I had chemo, I had two surgeries, um, one of which was a mastectomy and I decided to not get reconstruction on that I decided to go flat um and again that was just you know it was nearly just a, a leverage to raise more awareness around breast cancer and you know it can happen to anyone and this is what it looks like and you know it's not always pretty and although I do love my scar I think she's yeah. beautiful mm-hmm. um but yeah I went through all of that came out the other side went back to work I was back you know, training and um, exercising, you know, just trying to get back to normal life. Um, not even a year into my remission, I was actually diagnosed for the second time. Um, and this time I had actually spread and it was incurable, is incurable. Um, so I had uh, tumours in my spine, I have in, in my neck here. So I actually ended up fracturing my, my neck because I had weakened um, my uh, C2. Um, I also had a hip replacement um, because the cancer was eating away at my hip. Um, and here we are now, I think two years in April, it'll be when I was diagnosed incurable. Mm. And here I am, alive, kicking, thriving, you know, just getting on with it and trying to be positive, positive as I possibly can over it. Yeah. Oh, I literally have so many curiosities and a million questions I want to ask. Um, but I just want to know, like, how are you feeling at the minute? so funny I wrote about it yesterday um because I had a hospital appointment and um, I have them once a month just to check up on my bloods just to make sure everything is okay 
and um, so that I can continue with my treatment that I'm on now. And um, the nurse asked me like, how are you? And he was like, yeah, I'm okay. Like, you know, I could be better. I could be sleeping better. But I was like, oh my God, I'm actually, it's the best I've felt in so long, you know? And I was buzzing like, you know? And uh, she rings me then in the afternoon and she's like, yeah, so your bloods are not recovered. We can't actually go through with your treatment today. And I was like, all right, <laughs> just mad, like how I can feel so good. But in inwardly, my body is like, nah, nah, we're not having it today. But no, I am. I'm feeling really, really good. Um, I think it's because I actually have something non-medical to focus on because myself and a few of my friends and family are climbing Crow Patrick the end of March. Wow. Yeah, so we kind of set ourselves a little goal. It was kind of spurned on from um, Charlie Bird and Vicky Phelan. So you're probably seeing the charities doing the climb with Charlie. Yeah. And uh, it's on my life list to do anyway. And when I seen got the guys were planning, I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. Like, you know, instead of talking about it, let's start training and just do it. Um, and we were going to do it with them, but they actually ended up moving it to the, the next weekend. So we kind of already booked it and people, you know, at work and stuff like that. Like we're doing it the 26th of March. And then the guys are doing it the second of April, so we're actually doing it the week before them. Um, but I think it's just having that little bit of focus, you know, it's, it's getting out and training. And, and I just love exercise anyway, like I was kickboxing before I got sick. I was yeah. dancing, I was, you know, I'm just a very active person and sitting indoors just really weighs heavy on me. So like if it's sunny, I just want to be out. So that's like I was saying, perfect day to get out today now as well. <laughs> Even just as you're talking there, like I think obviously there's so much of your journey I would love to talk about I'd love to even bring it back what was life like for you growing up growing up <laughs> um probably some things I shouldn't speak about <laughs> um, but like no I was just a normal like teenager like you know going out drinking partying having fun with friends working you know I worked in insurance for a couple of years Um, then I worked in a call center and then my my job that I had was in um kind of finance uh, section um and that's where i was when i got diagnosed so i started kickboxing about i said kickbox for about eight years um and i remember like i first started with my sister and a few of the girls and the only reason we were there really was to kind of creep on the fellas you know because kickboxing <laughs> is just full of boys you know um but like i ended up being one of the ones who actually stuck it out and i made it to my first brown belt i for Ireland in a couple of different competitions and came back with different medals mm-hmm. um, I went over to um, Corby over in the UK um, to the European Invitational Open and I had actually self-taught myself a routine like with a Chinese fan and I actually came first in that and I came back with a big massive trophy like I was like how am I going to get through security with this the kickboxing took up a lot of my time because um, there would always be competitions and that coming up. So that's where kind of being fit and active kind of came um, natural to me. Do you know, I was in the gym or I was out running for, oh, I hate running, but, you know. Um, and then obviously when I got sick, that put a stop to that. What was it like having that being taken away from you? I don't know if you've ever seen Pound Fitness where they have like the drumsticks and they like do it in times of music and stuff like that. Yeah. So like it's kind of a mixture of everything. So I joined that to that kind of... You know that was my little bit of health and fitness and you know it was really good for my mind and something to look forward to again and i had my little twist of boxing in there as well like so like that kind of pacified me for a while but um when i got diagnosed again obviously like i could never go back because like after a uh, fracture in my neck like it's just really fragile mm-hmm. um so yeah like it's really it's upsetting because what my goal was i want to get my black belt like that was always my goal and um, especially like when i went through 
my first um, diagnosis, I was like, right, I'm getting my kickboxing, I'm grading, I'm getting my black belt, and then I'll be happy. And like, just to have that taken away from me now, like I'll never get my black belt, you know, I'm forever going to be stuck at my brown. Um, like it's really disappointing that this one goal that I'm not ever going to be able to achieve, like the brown belt was an achievement, like I, it was just the whole um, sense of community, I suppose, out of the club, they were all like cheering you on, like, come on, you can do it, because it was incredibly tough. I just want to cry, like it's so hard. But <laughs> You just get through it like you know to support people and i suppose like that's how it is now you just as much as you want to give up and cry you just get through with the support of your friends and your family and the online community as well like it's, it's just amazing like when people have your back yeah what's it been like for you since getting the second diagnosis of the incurable cancer it's a bit of a weird one because it's like i always knew that this was coming um i always felt like something was missed and i did say that on several occasions like i feel like something was missed like i, I feel like something was still there and then when you know when i was told like it's incurable it's back it was almost like a sense of relief because the one thing that you've been dreading and the one thing that you fear it's happened so it doesn't really get any worse than this you know so when i'm going to my appointments now it's like well they can't tell me anything that i don't already know like i already have cancer that's not going away so if i have more cancer well sure we'll just deal with it the same way that we are you know um don't like don't get me wrong like I was obviously distraught and I was like am I gonna die like in the next year like you know it's just when it's said out loud I suppose you are faced with that mortality and you're like you know how long do I have um you know every pain that you feel is this it you know is this a new like little tumor popping up like you know is this the beginning of the end kind of thing but I'm quite good that way at um, self-soothing and kind of talking myself down from that ledge because, you know, I'm so well looked after and it's not like, oh, you've got a new tumour, you're gone tomorrow kind of thing, you know, like, and I, that's something I just have to keep in my head. Like, I'm so well-minded and I trust my team with my life and there's so many options out there as well like that, you know, it's, it's not the end for a long time for me anyway. Yeah. And what impact does, like, the unknown of it all have on you? Um... I try not to think too far ahead like so I mean you've probably seen I only live three months to three months really like yeah. I get really anxious if someone says to me oh do you want to go here in August and I'm like oh I don't know like because I don't know what way I'm going to be you know what I mean so I do try and live three months to three months and I try not to think too much further than that because I mean you can't control the unknown like you know it is what it is if whatever's going to happen is going to happen and you can only kind of deal with it when it is thrown at you so there's no point worrying about what might happen in six months time just just carry on with it and when it happens then just deal with it yeah almost everyone either has experienced living with cancer or has somebody in their life that has experienced cancer but do you think there's anything that people just don't see about the cancer journey like most people like say for example when I was first diagnosed like all I knew about cancer was what you see in the films you know you see kids and how sick they are and like yeah that is like obviously that is true as well and it does happen but you know it's not a true representation of what really happens you know and some of it's quite watered down and every cancer patient is nearly um given the one image as such you know really skinny really frail like bald very very sick you know and that's not true you know i was quite healthy when i was going through chemo and stuff like that um, I was out walking and stuff. Yeah, it was horrific, but you just get through it. And I know, again, like this is just my journey. So if anyone's watching, it's kind of like, oh, well, that wasn't me. Like, yeah. this is just how I feel. And like every single person is different. Like, so, I mean, 
what you're seeing in the films is not true. It's not a true representation of it. Um, like, I mean, I suppose one example is when I was going through chemo, some of the loneliest times in my life was four o'clock in the morning when I was lying in bed alone with my thoughts and just crying. Like, you know, that's something that people don't see. That's something that your family don't see. Um, like I was living back at home and my mom and dad were like, well, wake us up if you're awake at that time. And I'm like, but I'm already a burden, you know? And it's the kind of inward kind of feelings that nobody realizes. And a lot of the time, people maybe who wouldn't be as vocal as me will never speak about, whereas I do eventually say, oh, look, this is how I'm feeling, or I'll write it down so that people like my family know how I'm feeling. Um, but that, I suppose, yeah, just the loneliness is probably one of the biggest things that nobody sees or realises um, with a cancer patient and their journey. And what, like, helps you when you're having those lonely moments? Um, well, I can go one or two, I can go two ways. Um, when I'm having an off day, I either just go really, really into myself, just let myself feel all those feelings because it's completely normal. Like, there's no point in trying to block it and, you know, I can't be positive and happy all the time. That's not normal, you know? You have to feel these feels. You have to acknowledge them and kind of go, okay, I'm feeling this way. Why? Why am I feeling this way? Okay, now I know why I'm feeling this way. I know what to do to try and fix it. Am I just having a bad day or am I just being a moody cow? And just, you know, it's to distinguish, like, why you're feeling this way and what you can do to help. But, like, sometimes you just need to stay in your pyjamas, eat chocolate and watch crap all day. Other days, I will force myself to get dressed put makeup on whatever and get out like my my kind of um outlet now is just walking 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 I love going out I love being by the sea I love being up mountains like anything that has like you know nearly like an insta pic you know yeah. <laughs> um, that's my thing like I love it um and I'm not very vocal as such um I will speak when I'm ready to speak so it could take a couple of days and I'll go oh yeah I remember that day when I was really like down or whatever like this is what was wrong with me or this is what was at me you know, I am very much like I internalize it and I'll work through it on my own in my own head and then I'll be able to speak to someone because if not, I can't I can't explain to someone how I'm feeling or why I'm feeling it if I don't know myself. So, yeah, it's like one of two ways, either curl up in a ball and watch telly for 24 hours because tomorrow's a new day or get out and walk the arse off myself. <laughs> Obviously, like when you're still so in something, it's hard to know like what it's teaching you. But has there been anything that you've learned along the way? Um, a lot. I can already, I think my doctor and my GP told me that I know a lot more about cancer than what he does. Like I could teach him. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like, what trope now? What? <laughs> um, but in regards, me as a person, like I'm unrecognisable compared to who I was five years ago. Um, I didn't know I had this strength in me um, to not only help myself, but to help others. And like even my own family would have thought that I would have been the one to crumble and that my sister would have been the strong one had it been her that it happened to. Whereas she said, Trina, I'd never be able to, to stay as strong as you did. So like that in itself just kind of empowers me, like, you know, to see how strong that I am. Um, yeah, I suppose that's what I have learned about it. And also just that ugh, life is too short. Like just, just don't waste time on stupid silly crap like you know if you want to do something go and do it like hence Kilpatrick and my life list and stuff like that and trying to get as much as I can ticked off because I think we're all guilty of you know going oh yeah like seeing someone do something oh I'd love to do that and then like it's just put aside like if you want to do it put it on your list and just make a plan and do it because yeah. like that's why I'm doing this now because I want to climb all my mountains while I still can because I don't know what the future holds for me like so you know, don't waste your time, like go make your memories, go and tick your life list or your bucket list, whatever you want to call it, 
go and take those things off and just get it done like don't waste time yeah oh I literally could listen to you speak all day like I have goosebumps when you're talking (laughs) I'd love to know like what are some of the things in life that are just most important to you at the minute and it like family friends and just making memories and like obviously only a few months ago we got married like and just having all of like our friends and family and like all the people that we love the most there with us to share that moment with us like that was probably one of the nicest feelings that I've ever felt in my whole life and um, so that's just something that's really important and I wish I could have something like that every single day but like yeah. I heard it you just burn out wouldn't you like going through all that <laughs> um but yeah it was just amazing like and just just to be surrounded by people who actually love and support you and like you know who mean it from the bottom of their heart that they're there for you you know that's what's really really important to us what's your journey of being a man been like um oh god it's so up and down especially now that he's like a teenager it's like a love-hate relationship sometimes yeah. <laughs> i'm like is this what i was like yeah. <laughs> um i know he's so good he's a really good boy like he um apart from like studying and stuff <laughs> doing his starts coming up like but um, no, he is. He's very good. I mean, he's a teenager and when he's moody, like, you know, you have to remember he's going through a lot himself, like in regards to hormones and stuff like that. Like, but, you know, if you kind of tell him something once, you don't really need to tell him again. And, you know, he's he's very, um, he's a very sensitive boy. He'd probably kill me now if you've seen this, like, but he's a very sensitive boy. So he, I suppose he's like me, he like really internalizes stuff, but he, I don't think he's at the stage where he knows how to communicate, how to get it out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know if he comes home from his dad's and I'm in the bed he'd be like are you okay are you sick like are you all right you know you know if I'm in bed for too long he will kind of pop in and be like are you okay you know mm-hmm. um, but even throughout the whole journey he's been so good like really understanding like we were so open with him like we never kept anything from him mm-hmm. and he's like you know every time he makes a wish he like wishes that I get better and you know stuff like that like so he's such a sensitive little soul but yeah I suppose I kind of grew up with him as well Um, I was like 22 I think when I had him which is still quite young I suppose like you know but um yeah I suppose it's it's a lot to take on um a, a small child and you're like oh god I'm only a child myself like he's yeah. 15 but I still feel like I'm 22 yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be the cool mom you know <laughs> and is there anything that you've learned from your life that you'd love for him to kind of take on um just the same like just I hope he takes my strength on and just knows that he can take the world on like anything that he wants he can achieve like that's something that I really want him to know that he can do um and to just, <laughs> I wish I could pass on to him that I wish I paid attention in school and I wish <laughs> I studied for my exams but like remember when your mom told you that you're like mom no yeah. like you don't know anything you know but uh yeah no just I hope he takes on a bit of my strength and just like you know has the kind of drive to go ahead and get what he wants you know in regard like same thing life list I keep coming back to that but like everyone has things that they want to do in their life so I hope that when he does reach like whatever age where he has his own list that he he kind of remembers when mom done this like so like I'm going to take that forward with me like yeah oh he's so lucky to have you I'd love to know like what are some of the things that you're proudest of yourself for um oh I suppose just carrying on like you know things that should have destroyed somebody you know, I'm still here, I'm still standing. Um, I suppose so that just that kind of resilience and strength that I have. And like, I always get really embarrassed kind of saying it because I'm like, I don't know, like, why do we feel so bad about complimenting ourselves? You know what I mean? Like, it feels like you're vain or something, doesn't it? 
mm-hmm. um, and I'm just I'm sweating here just thinking about it you know <laughs> but yeah no I suppose just that resilience and the strength that I have um, I suppose are the two things that were kind of stick in my head yeah. it's so funny like we could sit in front of everyone that we love and say this is every single thing I'm proud of you for but once it come to asking ourselves that we're like no shut down I don't want to even think about it um, I like, and it's just society kind of nearly has that grilled into you like don't be nice to yourself but why like why can't we just be nice to ourselves and say do you know what you're gorgeous you're beautiful okay we need a bit of that energy <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Um, I have one more question for you and it's up to your own interpretation but I'd love to know what's your why? Yeah it's the deep one isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I suppose my purpose is and like it's terrible that it's all relates back to cancer but I feel like this has been my past I feel like this is what I was supposed to do as sad a story it is and as tragic as it is I feel like this has been my purpose aside from like being a mom and like a friend and a sister and all like that like that's something that's a given almost Mm -hmm. but you know from a very young age I was probably like this is how my story began like when I was probably like 11 12 I was checking myself in the shower I had no idea why I was checking myself I didn't know what I was checking for I just feel like it's something that I heard adults speaking about or something that I seen in the doctors but I knew that I had to check my boobs for something Mm -hmm. And then like fast forward, like how many years, like 20 years later, I found something and I went, this is why I've been checking because this is the path that I'm supposed to be on. So this is the path that I've taken like to help people, you know, I've chosen to help people. So my why I suppose is to like raise awareness, to make people aware that like cancer doesn't care what age you are, how healthy you are, how fit you are. Like I'm here like living, breathing and I have the scars to show you that it doesn't matter what age you are like it like cancer doesn't care it doesn't discriminate so I suppose my why is that just that like just to raise as much awareness as I possibly can in the hope to save even one life just through you know early detection from from self-check or whatever you know and just hopefully to help someone to get through their journey by seeing you know well she went through it and she's okay well as okay as I can be I suppose but you know yeah it's hard and it's excuse my language but you know the darkness does end and there is light at the end of that tunnel and you will come out the other end of it so yeah I suppose that's my why. I literally could listen to you speaking like all day and um, <laughs> I know I said that was the last question but I have one more um you just like <laughs> say if there is people that are starting their journey with cancer would you have any advice for them or even like for their family how could they support someone in that early stage just hearing they have cancer well for someone who's just beginning their journey I would just say just feel all the feels like there's no right or wrong way to deal with it yeah and just one thing I would say don't close yourself off whether it's like what I do like internalize sort it out in your head and then speak about it or write about it just even writing it out gets just gets all those feelings out of your head and like you'd be surprised like it will help sleep is a huge thing and when I have things in my head like once I write I'm fine um even if it's just in your notes and you never show anybody um, ask all the questions in the world go into your appointments with your little notebook my doctors used to see me come and be like oh, here's come again like with all the questions and they'd be completely off the wall questions like I'd be thinking about four o'clock in the morning no question is a stupid question like just you have the lead here so let everyone else follow your lead you know um like in regards to family members like again let the person take the lead but just make sure that they know that you're there for them whether that's just going for a walk, making them laugh, 
you know, just mopping up their tears. Um, my dad's saying he used to just try and feed me. Like, you know, he was really awkward. Like, do you want something to eat? I'm like, I've just eaten. Yeah, but do you want something to eat? You know, like, it's the little things like a, like a 10 o'clock run to McDonald's because you've got a chemo crane on a milkshake, you know? It's those little things that, you know, just make them feel loved um, and not so much alone. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't push anyone to speak about it if they're not wanting to speak about it. That's what counsellors and stuff like that are for, you know, you have your cancer support centres. Um, so that's something that the family can also take advantage of. Like, you, like the family members are welcome to come in for counselling and stuff. So that might even help people understand better how to, how to help their family member or friend as well. Oh, you're literally so amazing. Everything you've been speaking about, you're still smiling. Like, I don't think you've stopped smiling in everything you've been saying. <laughs> That's my new teeth, you see. <laughs> <laughs> you got to show them off. <laughs> well, yeah, so just thank you so much for sharing everything. And thanks so much to everybody who's listened to this episode. If you are curious about Trina and you do want to know a little bit more about her, you can find her on Instagram at tree underscore Cleary. But thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you next week for some more What's Your Why conversations.